2: Hello and welcome to a cinematic universe minisode. I'm your host Joe Cunningham and joining me to bridge the gap between our Deadpool 2 and Dr. Horrible sing-along blog episodes are...
0: Sir Patrick and James Hunt.
2: I had to think about that guys.
0: <laughs> seamless, just... seamless, keep going. <laughs>
2: um, well, this week... We've got just about all of the news to cover um and that's not not just because there's been a lot of news in the past couple of weeks, but also because we had to skip a week with the um with there being no news on the Deadpool Two pod um we've stopped arguing we've all made friends we've agreed to disagree on deadpool two we might <laughs> we might we might have a, another brief little ruck at the end of the podcast um but otherwise i think we should probably dive straight in because there is a there's a lot of news to get to and a lot of stuff that i know that um this group <laughs> has a lot of opinions on um and <laughs> so uh, I, I've, I've got a document in front of me with all of the news and i i think the best way to stru- normally i try and like do the big news first and we kind of peter out um i i I've, what i've tried to do is structure it so we're going to start with marvel movie news and then we'll we'll do all the movie news and then we'll move over to the TV news because there's huge news in movies and TV. Um, Let's go from least to most contentious. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the, the first one is an interesting one and it throws a spanner in the works of something that we have assumed would be a foregone conclusion for quite some time. Uh, Comcast are going to uh, be launching a rival bid to try and outbid Disney for Fox. So it's been reported that Comcast are going to bid more money than uh, Disney have already, uh, which could potentially scupper that deal, which you know we were all expecting would go through at some point next year. Um, so I'm not sure if we can really discuss this that much, guys, other than like this. This is this is why anyone who was thinking, oh, maybe there'll be a Fantastic Four or an X Men tease in Avengers: Infinity War, <laughs> was getting <laughs> was jumping way ahead of finally. themselves. Yeah. yeah um mm. it, it might still happen i i read a report a couple of weeks ago and it was first rumored that comcast might be trying to launch a rival bid i think it was uh it was one of the murdochs boo um they said that they would you know they were committed to the disney bid and it didn't really matter what comcast were doing um but money could talk so let's just uh sh- should we just for the moment should we just agree on this podcast that we're, we're going to assume it's not happening until we know it's happening?
1: That's, a, that's an odd attitude for a, a comic book movie <laughs> podcast to take. Next, you'll be saying that Gambit might not happen.
2: <laughs> Gambit, well, do you know what? There's, there's Gambit rumours. They haven't made the cut this week. Gambit's you know, still happening, apparently.
0: <laughs> you know, there's an X-Men character called Comcast.
2: Well, Seb thought it was written in the stars when... Um, Gore you thought that was written in the stars to direct gambler did. didn't you said yeah. so maybe the same curse will strike down on comcast because <laughs> with their x-men link there um <laughs> do you know what I, I, we, we talked about this for before outside of the excitement about bringing those characters together might not be the worst thing in the world if disney don't end up owning 20th century fox um We'll move on to uh, Disney doing uh, some successful dealings with another studio because we're going to talk Spider-Man Homecoming and the sequel. And you guys, who is most excited about the news that Jake Gyllenhaal is in talks to play Mysterio in the sequel?
0: I think no one is more excited than Seb. Not even Jake Gyllenhaal.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I we've been talking excited. on this podcast. For as long as we've been talking Spider-Man on this podcast, we've been talking about Mysterio. Because I yes. think probably one of the earliest podcast, uh, probably the earliest comic book recommendation you gave me on this podcast was the Daredevil Mysterio <laughs> story. Mm-hmm. So, th- oh, of that,
1: course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that makes
2: it kind of one of my earlier comics that I read. So I'm, I, I've always thought. And I'm sure
1: the first time I got an opportunity to pitch anything Spider-Man-ish, I'm sure Mysterio would have been the villain.
2: I mean, Mysterio
0: is kind of one of the early sort of Lee Ditko villains who hasn't been done yet. Yeah. It's kind of an obvious choice.
2: And feels so malleable for movies.
1: Yeah, I mean... People, people will will fixate obviously on the the fishbowl head <laughs> version of Mysterio, which is not what we're going to see on screen. We'll no. we we'll probably see something akin to what they did with the vulture's uh, coat. You know, um, I've I've said for ages that I I really think, and I, I nicked this idea off my dad, and I I, I actually wrote a, an outline for a potential story to do with it. that ended up not going anywhere. But the the idea of Mysterio as a TV hypnotist, like a Darren Brown type character. Mm-hmm. Um, I think could work brilliantly. Like you make him a kind of charismatic media figure and that he does his kind of his attacking through the media, um, which was sort of a, done a little bit in the um, in Dan Juergen's run on Spider-Man when he was doing the Ben Riley Spider-Man. Um, there was a Mysterio story where Mysterio was actually a TV executive and was hypnotizing people through the television. Um, and he also redesigned Mysterio then and got rid of the fishbowl and kind of replaced it with a kind of smoke head thing that was a bit like uh, Dormammu. Um, so you know, there, right. there's different kind of looks you could go with, or you could do what they did with Vulture and not put him in a costume at all.
2: Spider-Man: Homecoming, though, the sequel we've heard is is going to be a bit more globe trotting. It's going to be Spider-Man. I think it's shooting in London, and mm-hmm. it's going to be Sp- Spider-Man um, going on a, a European trip. We think we're going to meet a European version of Gwen Stacy in this movie, um, and it was it, it was implied that the villain would have kind of a personal connection to um to peter parker or that he'd be kind of tracking him and <laughs> i mean we... it's
0: a radical choice that but i guess they can make it work.
2: <laughs> but we said, i think we said when we were discussing who that villain could be it'd be great if it could be mysterio but craven Ooh. makes more sense mm-hmm. um but it is mysterio and i'm wondering how that can work in in this european story but also with the news that Michael Keaton will be reprising his role as the vulture in this movie, which uh, it sounds great to me. And also sounds like, like big flashing neon sign. We're building to sinister six. This is the one Marvel franchise that isn't getting <laughs> rid of it. Isn't getting <laughs> rid of its villains.
0: I, I sort of wonder if the vulture is only going to be back for a sort of one scene. Like, Hey, yeah, I feel like it would be him Spider-Man hovering is, in the background. Spider-Man is Peter Parker thing. Hmm.
2: Uh, I, I don't. I think he's going to be more than that.
0: I, I do, I do think their version of Mysterio will probably go like super big on the effects. Actually, like rather <gasps> well.
2: This than, is oh, this one of things to
0: say. But you anything, know... sort of street level, they'll just do like the version of Mysterio who turns up with, like, you know, futuristic. Holograms of
1: attacking dinosaurs and shit. Like he he, he really has cinematic powers. It. I mean, yeah, he exactly. literally has cinematic powers yeah, because he's a he's do, a cinema stunt d- yeah, designer. But the point is, is, yeah, he works on turns screen.
0: Into, turns like the whole city into a movie.
1: Like, and Jamaica, oh man. If you actually lean into the movie background, as in you have Quentin Beck, the guy who worked on movie special effects, and you combine that with the fact that Peter Parker in the Marvel Universe is established as a movie nerd, who you know who likes big '80s action movies, um, it, it, you know, if the choice of villain ends up tying into this little character trait that they've established with him for the sake of a few jokes, uh, that could be really great. You could, I mean, I don't want to say they should just do, like, Ready Player One in the MCU and just have, like, <laughs> Peter Parker fighting characters from movies, but it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world.
0: Kevin <laughs> I can't believe I I've just Kevin used Bacon the words
1: Ready Player Guns One Ready. and not the worst thing in the world in the same universe as each other. But
2: <laughs> We should mention as well um, the Jake Hall side of this. Um, mm. Jake Hall hasn't done many blockbusters. If you look across his career... It's the kind of the biggest movie he ever did, probably budget-wise, was Prince of Persia, which is <laughs> oh it's real bad, and um, you know, certainly not his fault, but he's just he's just not taken on these kinds of roles before. Um, so I think that
1: his and yet he's the man who was nearly Spider-Man.
2: Yes, and that that is that is the interesting thing, isn't it? He's the man who was nearly Spider-Man. Guys, can I make a? I I know I've had a little bit of bad history recently doing this, but can I make a bold (laughs) prediction? (laughs) Oh, go on. Um, Mysterio will be played by Jake Gyllenhaal, and it will be he will be ostensibly the villain of this movie, but it will be it will be a prestige thing where there is a there is a bigger villain operating behind Mysterio who we who we don't see.
1: Did you ever at the end? Did you ever read or, or find out? I guess you probably. I don't know, because it was in Spider Man, wasn't it? I loved the reveal of who was behind the Ultimate version of Mysterio. Um, for anyone so? who doesn't know, so 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 in Ultimate uh, Spider Man, um, they introduced a new version of Mysterio. Um, who who I, uh, they,
2: I read that bit, didn't I?
1: Yeah, Um, and he he starts off by killing the kingpin um, and he sort of starts to take over, um, you know, this kind of crime empire in the ultimate version of New York. Um, But whenever... People encounter him like he always like kind of escapes, and like he's always basically like an avatar, and nobody knows who it is secretly controlling him uh, until the Spider-Man miniseries, where it was revealed that Ultimate Mysterio was Six One Six Universe Mysterio, who had found a way into the uh, Ultimate uh, Universe wait, and was establishing a, a crime empire. Yeah, you read Spider-Man. You got recommended yeah, it. Yeah. Um, and, and and you know, the pl- the reason why Peter Parker and Miles met in Spider Man was because Mysterio had broken down the walls between the universes or had capitalized on a break between the universes. And I loved that. It was so in character. It's like yes <laughs> Of course you loved it. <laughs> yeah, of course I did, because it was Cause two Mysterio versions of Mysterio for thing. the space of one. <laughs> <laughs> but it, no but come on that's that's a nice twist you've got this yeah, thing of who is right. the it mysterious good, person yeah. behind this avatar the fact that it's actually another version of the character a guy who's always been so lame in his own universe but finds that he can actually be really cool and powerful in a different universe well guys um, i mean
2: mine's not a million miles away from that kind of metatextual stuff the real villain who is revealed behind jake gyllenhaal has to be played by toby Maguire. <laughs> like I want, a, I want a Toby, Toby Maguire. Toby McGuire is Norman Osborn, like or Norman Osborn. Yes, What like <laughs> a, a big, a big old Spidey villain played by Toby McGuire would be fantastic. But I, I, I mean, I, I love the idea of Jake Gyllenhaal doing this. Um, yeah, I, I think it's Myster- great, and I think it's Mysterio a really Mysterio sounds like choice. a fun, a fun role to play. Yeah, and he's a he's 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 one of our finest actors, right? Jake Gyllenhaal. I like him. He's I, yeah. I, I, I he's better wa- than
0: most of the movies he's in. I'll tell you that much.
2: <laughs> he's made some. He's made some good movies.
0: Yeah, he was also in Source Code.
1: Oh, wow. we had this argument Source recently. Code is good. Source, Source Code is code great. Is a
2: good movie. It's, I think it's good Duncan movie. Jones's best movie. Good
0: movie. Terrible ending. Terrible oh, the bri-
2: ending. Brilliant ending. The,
0: the ending's well, amazing. It, it's it's a bunch of nonsense where he ends up going to Thanksgiving with someone else's family.
1: look it's groundhog day crossed with speed what more could you possibly want from a movie
0: yeah oh if they stuck that landing i'd have been all for it but (laughs) otherwise
2: uh he was in i'm just looking at his imdb i I haven't seen he was obviously in okja last year like in okja he's like dial up to 11 and it's really fun Uh, he's amazing in nightcrawler and in enemy um yeah uh He's a he's a good actor and he's been in some good things. Redback Mountain, Donnie Darko. I like. Now I'm that's an
1: overrated movie.
2: This. I think I think <laughs> I think we've historically reassessed that movie and it now has the the correct amount of appreciation. Which is <laughs> yeah. which is it was interesting at the time. It's, it's probably not as clever as it thinks it is, but it's still quite fun to watch. Anyway, uh we should probably move on from uh Jake Gyllenhaal, Mysterio Spider-Man Homecoming 2. But No, um, let's
1: just let's just spend an hour talking about Mysterio.
2: <laughs> we we shall continue to speculate how that carries it's that's a future pitch, isn't it? <laughs> just <laughs> Have we done um, we've we've probably had Mysterio in about eight pitches already, but we'll, yeah. we'll do it again. Um we'll move on to uh some MCU movies that um that are coming up soon uh the first one is Captain Marvel Annette Benning has joined the cast of Captain Marvel and it sounds like she's going to be playing Carol Danvers's mum um here's hoping for an absent father and we just get a mother-daughter thing right or like Carol has mummy issues because let's just double down on the on the cliches we get from male superheroes but flip them right
1: <laughs> yeah okay, and I you can, can, can can't... See
0: where Carol Danvers is like I love this
2: city
1: you can't put um yeah you you, you can't put Annette Benning there and, and make her secondary can you
2: I mean Annette Benning uh, talk about talk about Jake Gyllenhaal, me saying he's one of our finest actors um Annette Benning is phenomenal isn't she um and I and I could see her I could see her either playing very nurturing loving mum who has a close relationship with Carol or I could see her being absolute nightmare mother who Carol was like has a has a very strained relationship with Secretly,
0: um, the actual villain of the movie.
2: She could, she, could a, she could be a she could be a scroll. Indeed. Oh, a scroll, Annette Benning. I like the sound of that. Um, so yeah, so the the cast of uh, Captain Marvel just continues to get better. Um, but uh, something that Kevin Feige said in relation to Captain Marvel got everyone on the internet interested in the last couple of weeks. Uh, this is a direct quote from him about Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan definitely sort of in the works we have plans for that once we introduce captain marvel now guys we talked about each of us talked about like the movies that we wanted to see or the characters that we wanted to see come into the mcu as we got past phase 3 and miss marvel was the one for me that i kept thinking is just such an obvious choice um and it's it i i think it's great news that um that Marvel are, are at least looking into it. I don't think Kevin Feige ever says anything out loud unless he uh, unless he wants it to be out <laughs> unless there. he wants headlines. Hmm. But I, th- I I don't think he would be saying, you know, you know how long they just refuse to acknowledge the possibility of a of a Black Widow movie. Mm-hmm. I think all of the movies that he has directly referenced are in the works. And it would take, and it would take something kind of like significant to knock them off the schedule. Um, I would expect when we get our big glitzy Phase Four announcement, which I think we will get um, probably early next year, that a Miss Marvel movie will be on there, with with probably Brie Larson in a, sport, in a sporting role.
0: I mean, it just. Yeah, I think it's. It, I think it's likely that she'll be in, if not her own movie, then the Captain Marvel sequel.
1: It just makes such sense as a character to introduce because it's a it's a it's a dynamic and an origin for a character that we don't yet have in in that yeah. universe. We you know we almost have it with with Peter Parker and Tony Stark, but the idea of a kid who is inspired by the existence of a superhero and becomes a superhero themselves, in, you know, inspired by that hero and taking a version of their name and their costume and everything. It's you know um you know and with with everything that comes with that character with the phenomenal success in terms of reaching outside of a traditional comics audience um it, it is just an absolute no-brainer to do um it almost feels like you know doing a captain marvel movie is as much down to the success of of Ms Marvel as it is to the Carol Danvers captain marvel stuff
2: um, and and you look at what Marvel has been able to do in the past year or so which is very successfully introduced Peter Parker very successfully introduced Shuri in Black Panther and you've, you've suddenly got this younger wave of heroes you've
1: suddenly got a champions <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: probably not champions I would imagine you'd probably call it Young Avengers you probably
1: you? would call it Young Avengers
2: yeah, yeah. Um, Sp- isn't uh, Ms- that a bit spin off Avengers though yeah
1: it's question a, is when's Kate Bishop <laughs> yeah, turning up fair point <laughs> But yeah and all of this obviously we've
2: we've talked about how kind of cool it would be from a like a character point of view because there isn't really another character like Miss Marvel in a superhero sense but also she is um she would be the first Muslim superhero on screen and in terms of representation that would feel like a massive step forward and we have we all read miss Marvel comics mm-hmm I, yeah. it's 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 integral her her kind of her her background her family background that whole dynamic is integral to her story but it also feels integral in just in you know in the same way that like it's integral to Peter Parker that he's been raised by his aunt
0: yeah totally
2: um and and, and you know I I. I badly want to see that character in the MCU, and I think it's great that a character like that. There was there was rumours for ages that Miss Marvel that they were working on a TV show or something like that.
1: Can I, can too, I just say by the way you, you keep yeah, you keep calling her, her Miss Marvel, TV. but it's Ms.
2: I probably keep flipping between the 2 Dan. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You've said Miss a few times.
2: <laughs> yeah, great. I, now
0: I, we yeah. look like amateurs
1: or <laughs> uh, sexists whichever whichever is
2: worse um d- uh, definitely sexists i think because everyone already knows that we're amateurs <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah so that's what's happening with uh insert your own word marvel um in the mcu um and another franchise that uh, marvel have talked about introducing in phase four is uh the eternals which i think we're all collectively a lot less excited about uh but it has screenwriters now
0: oh, uh, matthew
2: and ryan Furpo are writing a script for eternals um they i, I was looking at their own db because they were names that i didn't recognize they haven't had a like feature film in cinemas yet but they wrote the script for a movie called ruin which has been directed next, um, but it's been directed to come out next year by Justin Kurzel and Gal Gadot was in talks to uh, to be a part of it. It was a thriller, so they're are obviously two writers with some some buzz in Hollywood, and they are uh, yeah they're, they're going into Marvel to write the first version of Eternal script. Um, does this All- feel though, guys, like the Inhumans of Phase Four?
1: All I want to say about the Eternals is that. Uh, there was an Eternals series. You made because I know you, you've discussed Eternals briefly with, with James before. Um, there was an Eternals series. I can't remember series. any of it.
2: I cannot remember <laughs> one word that I was told about the Eternals.
1: <laughs> um, that was done in, and I'm just checking what year it was. It was 2006. So that was done at a time. It was done by Neil Gaiman and John Remitter Jr. And that's at a time when I pretty much would have bought Anything with Neil Gaiman and or John Romita Jr.'s name on the cover. Uh, so the, the 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 both of them teaming up to do a Marvel series. I was incredibly excited about that. Uh, of the seven issue miniseries, I bought one issue, possibly two. Uh, I literally cannot recall anything that happened in it. It's one of the most boring comics I've ever read in my life. <sighs>
2: I think I, I think I just zone out anytime anyone starts talking about Eternals. (laughs) I couldn't, I couldn't tell you what you just said, Seb. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) this is what, this is the experience.
0: This is an accurate experience of reading an Eternals comic. Like, (laughs) it's just dull. It's like the, it's like the bootleg New Gods.
1: I I can only think of one interesting thing about the Eternals, and that's the fact that one of them is called Mark Curry. However, he did not ever (laughs) present Blue Peter.
0: I mean, I I can think of one entertaining, well, one interesting thing about the Eternals, which is that in the comics, at least, Thanos is an Eternal, but they downplay that quite a lot. Like he he doesn't turn up in Eternal series. It's one of those things where like someone established it and it turned out to be a bad idea it's a bit like you know how they never mentioned that ms marvel is not inhuman hmm. it's that it's yeah. that level of like yeah he's an eternal but uh,
1: let's not use him in the stories because we don't want to poison him yeah the making ms marvel an eternal was uh, an inhuman was basically um sort of uh what's the word hedge in their bets it was basically going we want to make the inhuman stick so this is potentially a way of managing it but if they don't take off we'll just never yeah, mention i
0: mean it, it was also it was also a way to create ip without making them a mutant and therefore yeah you know <laughs> gifting them to fox
2: yeah i i yeah it just doesn't feel like a it feels like it's a movie because it it's not a concept that works on tv <laughs> I, I, and and Inhumans proved that as well. So, yeah, we'll see. Who knows? Uh, Marvel could could just be they. Someone could have come in and given a pitch that's like, "Here's how we make this concept interesting in the MCU."
0: Yeah, well, I I do want to caveat this and say, like, everything I'm currently saying about the Inhuman about the Eternals, I could previously have said about the Guardians of the Galaxy. And what right, they did okay. there was basically throw out everything, do their own version that was sort of loosely based on a collective of characters who historically had not been called the Guardians of the Galaxy.
1: Uh, no, they because it was the Abner and Lanning stuff. Yeah, but which like, had had that lineup and in, and was quite yeah good. for
0: like two or three years. Like Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs>
1: existed since the seventies in a completely different
0: incarnation. Like it's not,
1: you know. Yeah, all all like, I'm like, saying is they they weren't starting. They weren't starting completely from scratch with it. That, that group had been set up in the comics oh, yeah, and had yeah, yeah, been in like, comics like that I were say, good. It,
0: it's not the historical version of the Guardians of the Galaxy, or at least it wasn't when the film was made. Yeah.
2: Should so, we maybe be paying close attention to any news that comes out from the Eternals in the comics then?
0: Maybe. Like, it's not it's not impossible that they could just junk the existing characters and sort of redo the content from scratch.
2: Yeah, so...
1: Um, have you have you seen though that we 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 have had the first official image of Zachary Levy?
2: Uh no, I haven't. Have we? Is it good?
1: It's well it's bizarre because it's uh it was a, a post by him on Instagram that I think from the look of it has now been deleted. Uh but it was a picture of him of himself on a wall at a licensing expo. Uh, oh, yeah. drinking a cold drink with a straw in his Shazam costume <laughs> um, I'm sure I'm the sure word official it- Seb no well it's official as in uh, I see what you've done there <laughs> James is referring to an argument that we have had on whatsapp that's very clever <laughs> um <laughs> As a peep
2: behind the, the curtains for listeners and also for Do me. I want
1: to explain it? I am going to explain it. I was annoyed that uh, websites were reporting that Red Dwarf Series 13 has been officially confirmed and they were taking the cast members talking about it at a convention as officially confirmed. And my argument was it's officially confirmed when Dave and UKTV and Grand Nader Productions uh, announced that it's official, which it isn't yet. Uh, and what James has done is he's taken me talking about Zachary Levy posting the first official image uh, because it's a cast member revealing it before it's been done officially. It was very clever, James. I Thank see what you. you did. I'm chastened.
2: I'm not sure what happened for the past few seconds. I can only assume Seb was talking about the Eternals. Uh, but I'm looking at that image now, and uh, yeah, it looks fun. Yeah, drinking the... drinking. It's it's. I, I
1: actually first saw it where someone had Photoshopped it into the background of a shot of Batman and Superman looking at, at each other angrily, um, and it made me laugh. <laughs>
2: The suit. Uh, the suit also has texture, which is something that we hadn't definitely hadn't seen on.
1: And the, the lightning bolt is is illuminated. Yes,
2: it looks. I ju- I just I think that movie looks fun. I think uh, the, I, th- I think uh, it
1: looks fun. Yeah,
2: the idea of a kid playing a super uh, th- th- them committing to the idea of a kid as a superhero. Um, it it feels like it would be a no brainer in the MCU and hopefully it will be a bit of a, a tone shifter in in the DCEU.
1: Yeah. I I I I don't think there's another in the works DC thing that I'm looking forward to as much as this. I yeah. I guess Wonder Woman 2. Um
0: yeah. I mean I joke, but I do I do really like the idea of this film. I yeah. really hope it, I really hope it lands.
2: Um, let's move over to DC on the small screen because there has been um, quite a few updates over there. Um, DC Universe, which is the streaming service that we've been talking about for a while, um, there is various animated shows that um, I don't think are, are quite as, as exciting to us or quite as interesting to us as the live action stuff. Uh, so we knew that Titans was the series that would be debuting this year um it has been announced uh, that doom patrol will be introduced in that season and then they have had their own show ordered straight to series for 2019 oh. so in 2018 we'll get the titan series and then doom patrol will be introduced in that in that series then we'll get their own sh- their own show in 2019 the team will be Robot Man. Negative Man, Elastigirl, Crazy Jane, and they will be led by Doctor Niles, the Chief Calder, and they will take on a mission that is given to them by Cyborg. Um, and I believe that prior to this, uh, Cyborg's involvement with Titans was not confirmed. So it kind of seems to hint that Cyborg's going to have going to show up in Titans
1: as well. Is, um, it, is this movie Cyborg? Uh,
2: f- I, I don't think we know whether this is you know like an Agents of Shield deal where it's ostensibly connected to the big screen. I do you know what, I I tend to wear on the side of yes it will be if I had to guess. I don't I don't know by any stretch, but it,
0: it, why not? I mean, they could they could have him send an email, right?
1: <laughs> what I find weird is. Uh inventing a link between Titans and the Doom Patrol in the shape of Cyborg when there is an actual link between the Titans and Doom Patrol, which is uh, Beast Boy slash Changeling, depending on what name he has at the time. But maybe Uh, that's
2: maybe that's the way that they're introduced in the in the actual series itself.
1: Maybe. But I just I mean, the point is, there's been no mention of of beast boy in um in doom patrol and i don't think there's been a mention is is he going to be in titans do we know so So i just find it interesting that you have a character that links those two because he's been in both teams um have we just sorry before we get on to doom patrol i can't remember have we really talked about titans in oh i've just checked and beast boy is in it yeah we talked about titans really in any detail on this podcast because that show looks so bad that, no, I think then, that is going to be wretched. I really. We talked do.
2: about <laughs> it when it when it was announced, but we certainly haven't talked about it since like set pictures and all that kind of stuff started picking up. Um, the the Titans team is Robin, Starfire, Raven, and Beast Boy, uh, recurring characters of Hawk and Dove, um, Amy Rawback, who's a, a police chief, and and yeah, and Niles Calder, um, and yeah, and then the the other Doom Patrol members, or some of the Doom Patrol at least, are going to be popping up. Um, It's You would think that there is a lot of confidence coming from Titans, given that they're willing to announce a spin-off from it for next year. But I guess if Titans absolutely tanks, all they have to do is either reverse the decision to do Doom Patrol (laughs) or just pivot Doom Patrol off in a different direction.
1: I mean, it's... Doing Doom Patrol in the way that it sounds like they're doing it is not really the interesting way to do Doom Patrol. Because Doom Patrol has had multiple iterations and several of them have been quite interesting. And even the original one was quite interesting because... They were basically DC's X-Men. And the weird thing is, is that they debuted like three months before the X-Men and were a team of misfits whose powers were kind of more of a burden than a blessing who were led by a bloke in a wheelchair um, and like they were being conceived at almost exactly the same time as the X-Men. There was so the like there's vibe... like there's like three months between the two. So it's also one is not a rip-off of the other because they were too close together for that. Um <laughs>
2: Tell me if I'm wrong here, Seb, but the vibe I always get from Doom Patrol is that like it is the outlet for people who want to try and do something a little bit interesting and a bit different at DC.
1: That's that's what it became. I mean, I'd say in, in the beginning it was something a bit different and a bit interesting. Um, but you know, <laughs> within the limitations of being a DC comic in the 1960s. So it's probably the clo- one of the closest things that DC were doing in the 60s to a Marvel book. And it, and it did have a kind of sense of weirdness about it. Um, what's also quite interesting is that they were all killed off in the last issue. And they were killed off, like they sacrificed themselves to save like a village of like 19 people, um, which is a, a, you know, it's a really kind of, Melancholy end for a, for a superhero team, and I, I find it really interesting. It's I've seen you know I've seen it referred to in other comics later uh, as well, um, and then you've got sort of various other attempts to to uh, kind of revive them and do different versions of them. But the one that really took off was the Grant Morrison one, um, yeah. and it's basically what Grant Morrison was doing simultaneously with with Animal Man, um, and that's and is, where is Gerard turned... Way
2: doing them right now.
1: Yeah, Gerard Way's doing them as part of Young Animal that's been getting quite good reviews. I read the first issue it was it was enjoyable but also a bit you really have to throw yourself into it to to get what's going on. And actually, do you know, um, Umbrella Academy is really not a million miles away from being a Doom Patrol <laughs> <laughs> type thing anyway. Something like, else that, that's that's, that's where we learned Oh, Gerard Way is a big fan not just of Grant Morrison but specifically of Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol. What is interesting is that this lineup is essentially the the classic lineup, the original lineup but with Crazy Jane, who is very firmly a Grant Morrison character and who does not really fit in. Um, I mean, at least they're not doing Danny the Street or, or Flex Mentolo. I'd love to see them do Flex Mentolo on the telly, although <laughs> probably not in a show that's spun off from a show that's, that's produced by Akiva Goldsman. Um, but, yeah, its it's kind of like, it feels to me like they are going to go with the the slightly kind of off-kilter and downbeat approach, like, oh, here's a group of, of heroes who are kind of reluctant heroes and a bit dysfunctional. And and they're going to put in characters who will kind of be a concession to, oh, we know that the book kind of is famed for having this weirdness, but that they're not really going to commit to the weirdness. I know I'm prejudging a lot here, and I was just <laughs> talking earlier about not making predictions, but I'm just... It's just the fact that it's it's the area of DC that it's coming from, I think, just looks.
2: It, it sounds, DC Universe sounds more CWE than it sounds
1: anything else. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but... No, no. Yeah.
2: Um, It's just that the titles don't seem to match the CWE tone. like, I, I'm wondering how this sits alongside Swamp Thing, for example. But yeah, the the shows that we know are coming. There's Titans this year, Swamp Thing and Doom Patrol uh, announced for next year, Young Justice Outsiders, which is the third season of that animated show, and then they're doing a Harley Quinn animated series as well, which sounds like it's going to be taking a more kind of uh, uh, I, it, more along the lines of the kind of like more adult version of Harley Quinn that you than you see in that you see in Suicide Suicide Squad, rather than your like Batman the animated series version um and yeah and that metropolis series is being redeveloped that's still heading towards dc universe i mean let's face it i I just (laughs) i just can't imagine paying for this service
0: (laughs) i was gonna say let's face it we're not gonna have time to watch it all anyway so
2: the thing is if if you announce tomorrow that all of the dc shows were being ripped off the cw and put onto an online streaming service uh, onto dc universe alongside these other shows do you know what? I like the Flash and I like Supergirl, but even at this point, I've fallen behind on both of those as well. Uh, so I've I've kind of behind on everything CW, and there's so much content out there that you have to have something really great for me to sign up to your service, and or you have to have something that is specifically tailored to me.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I think I think this DC Universe service will have people, you know, just look at all of the people who are obsessed with the Zack Snyder stuff on. <laughs> twitter um they will they will sign up for this and probably will will you know it it will be made it'll be tailored towards them Mm -hmm. whether the budgets of these shows are enough to justify that will remain to be seen but it's an interesting experiment because if this works for dc uh, you can kind of bet your bottom dollar that in five years time whether it's a marvel service or whether it is through abc that Marvel would be lucky to do the same. You know, it'll be the same as the movies. Why are we giving all these characters to different networks when we can just do it all through our one thing, whether it's Disney Live or Marvel or ABC? I mean,
0: you can kind of say that generally, though. Like, this... I think the fragmentation of streaming services is going to be a big trend in media in the next 10 years, right?
2: Yeah, but they... but but People are going, we can do
0: Netflix, but we'll just pull our stuff off Netflix.
2: But some And some of them will, will be a success and some of them yeah. will work and others won't. Exactly. I don't know how CBS All Access is doing. Do you know what? If that was if that was a UK thing, I I might sign up for Star Trek Discovery. That feels like a, a thing that is big enough and ha- has hit <laughs> a quality mark high enough that, that you would do. So there's going to be a lot resting on Titans because if all of these, if, <laughs> if Swamp Thing and Doom Patrol are coming a year later, you're going to have to convince people to stick around. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know how 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 are people going to pay for this as well? Is it going to be are you going to pay a monthly subscription for Titans and an animated uh, the third season of an animated show that you may or may not already be watching and then wait a whole year paying a monthly subscription to get something <laughs> thing and patrol? Yeah.
1: I think there's there's potentially a big question that I don't know if they've answered about this yet which could change it somewhat which is if they are finally going to do a Marvel Unlimited type thing as well, and your your subscription gives you access to a comics archive, uh, then it suddenly becomes a lot more appealing.
0: But that seems to me the only way
1: to fill it out with content. Because, yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. Disney can do Disney life because Disney have got a, what, (laughs) like 90-year library? Maybe slightly less than that, but, you know... um, uh, dc in 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 video <laughs> do not have that and otherwise it's just going to be all of those straight to dvd movies animated movies isn't it <laughs> they'll just probably Hoover up the distribution rights to all of those
2: um <laughs> Epics is also going to be launching a DC comic show.
1: So, yeah, after all of this stuff about DC are doing all of their own stuff on their own <laughs> platforms and then they go and announce a show for a different one.
2: Well, I, DC are doing their own stuff, but they also have stuff going on all over the place. They have a show on Fox, they have a bunch of shows on the CW, um, they have a show on what is it, sci fi with Krypton. Um, Epics, which is the network that is the the only thing that is vaguely recognisable to me on there, is the Get Shorty TV series, uh, which stars Chris O'Dowd and Ray Romano. Uh, who knew? <laughs> who knew? It's getting a second season. Uh, that that is an epic show. They also have a drama called Berlin Station, which I'm not familiar with. Um, but it sounds like they are one. They're, they're one of these networks who are just getting into the. Um, into the original content business. Uh, and they have ordered a 10-episode straight-to-series um, of a show called Pennyworth, which will be an origin story about Batman's butler, Alfred Pennyworth.
1: Right. I <laughs> just, love just Alfred me. Pennyworth. He is genuinely one of the best supporting characters in all all of dc comics and i still think this is a terrible idea
0: this because the defining trait of a supporting character is that they're created in juxtaposition with the main character this is fucking dumb
1: yeah i mean i Um, love alfred but almost all of his best moments are him in reaction to batman talking to batman (laughs) the point (laughs) that's
0: why he's there he's batman's surrogate
2: uh, dad I originally assumed because all of the pictures uh, on on the articles talking about this had uh, Sean Pertwee in the in the image I assumed that this was a Gotham spin-off. No, it is it's not.
1: Not. Even is though a... the pilot has been written by one of the producers of Gotham. Yeah. And apparently it's by Danny a...
2: Cannon. It's a new story exploring Alfred's origins as a former British SAS soldier who forms a secret company and goes to work with Thomas Wayne in 1960s
1: London it really annoys me that the the, the 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 kind of secret service side of alfred's backstory has now become the only part of it what happened to the part where alfred was a, a stage actor because that's again that's where you get a lot of the like he can have been both i'm not saying he can't have been both but alfred is so much more fun if he used to be an old lovey actor <laughs> uh, let's get Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ben Kingsley to play him. Um, <laughs> I, just find, I find the
2: whole DC thing of doing these projects around. Uh, they were talking, um, I was at the latest, uh, episode of house to astonish. They were talking about, um, all of these non Superman Superman projects with, you know, metropolis and Krypton and Supergirl, And uh, yeah. there, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on on TV that is Superman without Superman. Um, it ditto Batman, but we're going to get onto to another piece of news in a minute. Um, in Gotham, apparently, we we had a, a giggle about, you know, not watching Gotham, but we had a giggle about it anyway, about their the way they finally introduced the Joker. Uh, and then the actor who plays the Joker went online and said, actually, we're not allowed to call him the Joker, and also there's certain things that we can't do, like we can't make him wear a certain coloured suit and his hair. So he can't as- wear
1: purple, basically. Yeah, he can't he wear has.
2: purple, we can't do this, we can't do that. So, like, they've spent all this time you know going around the houses to to do the joker and then they couldn't do the joker arrow had it where they tried to do harley quinn and teased her for two episodes and then were told oh, no actually you can't um and i i think um I, I can't remember the character but another dc show was talking about maybe it was deathstroke again saying that they had to stop using deathstroke for a second time because <laughs> it w- it it was back in the movie plans it just feels really weird with what's going on at DC. Even commit to having different versions of a character in different mediums, like you have with the Flash, and I, I think they, they've at least established that you can have two different versions of that character exist at the same time, and it not be distracting. Um, we'll see whether they can do two versions of his story at the same time. That remains to be seen. But you know, commit to one or the other. Like, just... what's, what's, what, why, why another Batman show that's not about Batman?
0: Tell, tell them about the multiverse, Joe. <laughs> uh,
2: I just, I yeah, I find this very strange. I, I think it's a series that I <laughs> none of us will ever watch. Um, I, you, do you know what? I I wouldn't be at all surprised if it does get tied into Gotham in some way, um, even though they're saying at the moment it's not. Uh, yeah, especially
0: after its ratings are dog shit for the first 10 episodes. Then they go, actually, it's tied into Gotham. In Flash forward, people
2: might his, watch it. Here's his, his Sean Pertwee. Um, but yeah, so Pennyworth has been ordered 10 episodes straight to Epics. Um, but to be honest, if I had very little awareness that Ray Romano and Chris O'Dowd were doing a Get Shorty series, I'm probably not going to have any awareness that this series is happening either. Krypton finished its first season in the last couple of weeks. I <laughs> forgot that it, it started.
0: It, actually, I think what's happened is. They realize that making like it doesn't matter how many bad Batman or Superman shows you make, you never actually damage the core brands because those characters are yeah. essentially invincible. so that's why they're doing it because there's no risk to it essentially. It's like your mm. 60s but- SAS Butler show was never going to succeed without this license anyway, so maybe it will with it, and it's but not going to it, um... Batman
2: my if my batman favorite and superman sh- started showing up in those shows would it would it hurt the brand anyway well quite can, you hurt, the, can I... you hurt the superman and batman brand i yeah. don't you can, can you overexpose no. batman that's
0: the question
1: yeah my um, my my favorite comment about pennyworth uh i don't know who it was on twitter cuz i think I saw it retweeted was um if i want to see a t- um a show about a white spy who doesn't know Batman I think there are already a few options
2: (laughs) Um, I'm going to pivot over to um, the DC on the small, uh, on the well, not streaming, on regular TV Uh, over on the CW Stephen Amell confirmed that next year's Arrowverse crossover will introduce Batwoman which again, oh look,
1: something else, Batman adjacent that isn't Batman
2: it's just, it's just weird, isn't it? But also, I do wonder whether those series are getting quite. I don't think we'll ever have a CW series, which you know is about Batman. But I, it feels like they're they're tiptoeing in that direction. That you could, you could. I I with, would all, like- the, with all these multiple universes, you've got a Superman in those universes. In those universes, let's have.
1: Let's have a Batman as well. I, I could Bat, really Batwoman see those, those shows doing I I don't think they ever would, but I, I'd really like to see and I guess they sort of did something like it with Legends of Tomorrow, but to see those series edge towards doing essentially something like the, the Justice League International. So pull together a Justice League with the characters that they have and essentially, whether whether stopping the other shows or not, do a Justice League show that is a team up show of Green Arrow, Flash, some of you guys from Legends of Tomorrow. Um, I don't know well, if you can potentially chuck Supergirl in there. But that's they're doing, Seb. So, they're
2: just doing it for.
1: I oh, know they're doing it within the shows, but they're I think. Doing, if but they're they doing, doing it
2: for they They're doing a four episode event once a season.
0: Yeah, yeah I what but what I'd, what I'd like to see it
1: as an ongoing do, thing.
2: Seb's yeah, saying they so you do have a have a this ongoing
0: TV series where it's just any two characters paired up. No, no,
1: no. I mean, do an ongoing team dynamic like that Justice League International. Do, do yeah, a full season length story with them having to operate yeah, as a yeah, team yeah, and operating that. under the name of a team. It's um, never going
2: to happen in, in the context of, it, it, with those shows the way they are. I don't,
1: I don't. But think I would really. like it to. I know you would. Even though I don't um, really watch them.
2: Bat, Batwoman, is she, is she interesting?
1: Yeah, the, no, the, the new Batwoman is is. Um, I mean, actually, just the just um, Detective Comics has just finished James Tynion's run on it, which has had her play a, a really significant role. Um, what's quite good that I mean, they they introduced the new Batwoman uh, back in '52 in 2006 and got a bit of a media <laughs> stir because she's a lesbian. Um, actually, is she, if,
2: was she the one that was? It's the Maggie character from Supergirl, right?
1: Was yes, she, she is either engaged or, or she she got engaged too. I don't can't remember if they actually got married. No, I think they. Or was it that they weren't allowed to? To get married and it caused a fuss because it was like why you know what what objection could dc have but yes she her partner is maggie sawyer um
2: right. maybe that's the maybe that's the way they introduce her
1: but what they've there are two aspects that make it quite interesting that they've played up quite a lot um which is that um she is bruce wayne's cousin and the family connection thing is played up quite strongly so she is from Martha Kane's. She's Kate Kane, and she's from Martha Wayne, whose maiden name is Kane's side of the family. Um, and also, her father is a military uh, commander type guy who's quite opposed to to Batman and his ethos, but sort of directs her operations. But is trying to sort of, in recent stories, has been trying to kind of win her over to his organization called the Colony, who he believes can actually do the job that Batman does, but better kind of thing um so she's she's kind of she's more militaristic um she's quite a sort of um quite a stern character at times but sort of you know quite a sort of single-minded sort of um sort of character she also had a when she was introduced in 52 she was um she was had recently been in a relationship with Rene montoya um the batman supporting character who was a cop who became the question um, but no she's yeah, had some really good comments about her J.H. Williams uh, when she when she kind of first launched her own series there was a series with um, uh, written by Greg Rooker with amazing art by J.H. Williams and then J.H. Williams went on to write it for a bit as well um, so not totally sure how she'd fit into to those shows to be honest um, especially because you are opening up a world of Batman stuff that you can't really otherwise touch but yeah she's
0: got a really good character design as well I'll be quite yeah. excited to see how they do her.
1: Her, her costume is basically the 1960s Batmobile <laughs> because it's black and red.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna blast through a couple of a pieces of music uh from the TV uh world, which is basically just your renewals and cancellations. Uh Agents of Shield was renewed for uh what sounds like a final season. It hasn't been confirmed as such, but it's only gonna be getting 13 episodes. Um and won't be debuting until 2019. Um Krypton got renewed for a second season. Gotham wow. got renewed for a final season. Uh The Gifted also got renewed. Um cancelled hilariously was in humans,
1: <laughs> which
2: uh, <laughs> it seems like an age ago since it actually debuted. Uh finally got the the official cancellation and also lucifer which um was the one weirdly which people online seem to get most upset about it seems like it has developed quite a legion of fans it obviously wasn't ever a show that <laughs> we got behind but i saw even neil gaiman tweeted out saying that he was it uh, maybe, sounds maybe like there's it's, it's, it's
1: the no relation to the comics at all but has become a fun show that people enjoy that has a charismatic lead actor in it and that is a bit of a kind of, I don't want to say a guilty pleasure, but it's definitely, it sounds like it's quite trashy, but fun trashy.
2: Yeah, so f- fair enough, but it, it's its not coming back. It didn't get the Brooklyn Nine-Nine Twitter outpouring of... I do... do people like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, you guys? Is that a thing? Do people... I've I mean, heard, I like I've Brooklyn Nine-Nine, like but... It. I thought I liked Brooklyn 99, but I was like, oh no, I don't, com- comparatively. Because <laughs> <Just> the inter <laughs> the internet nearly had a-, a complete and utter meltdown.
0: I do um, I do want to point out quickly, um Legion season two got given an extra episode. Ooh. Which well, you say
2: ooh. Mm. Ooh, I'm just interested. Normally when he just couldn't just couldn't tell yeah. his story in time. Yeah.
0: Normally what that means is it's being cancelled, and we're giving you one extra episode to finish it off. Uh, it's it's I, not yet been renewed.
2: Right. Okay. I, that that, de- that depends, though. Uh, yeah, some shows get given an extra episode because the 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 kind of the creator has to go cap in hand and say, "I can't finish my story in the time that I thought I was going to be able to." Maybe um, if he
0: had less dance sequences, he could. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it could mean that as well but you t- what you tend to get for those, James is like a one-off special rather than a but you never know, you never know you could be right, I haven't uh, watched any of Legion Season 2 yet, so have you been watching it, James?
0: No <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear um, Right, let's, let's move on to the I've been saving this till last because I know that everyone is, is going to have all of the opinions about this Watchmen is happening on hbo we knew it was happening already uh damon Lindelof um is uh is writing showrunning the watchman uh series um and the cast has been announced this week and we we've also got kind of various other details about it uh the cast uh that has been announced it includes uh don johnson uh, Regina King, Tim Blake Nelson, Lou Gossett Jr., Adelaide Clemens, and Andrew Howard. Um, and uh, this comes along with, you, you say, oh, like, oh, so is Tim Blake Nelson, is he playing the, the comedian or Shark or what? No, they're not playing any of those characters. the, the uh, Regina King's rumoured to be playing a character named Angela Abar. Gossett Jr. is rumoured to play a character called Old Man. Um, You've got uh, a character called Red Scare and a character called Pirate Jenny. And it sounds like what this is going to be is a series that takes place kind of in the Watchmen universe, but in the future and kind of um, focuses on what what would be the status quo for superheroes in a universe where the events of Watchmen happened.
1: It sounds like this is going to be a TV show that makes us nostalgic for the fidelity and reverence that (laughs) Zack Snyder's Watchmen showed for the source material. Do
0: you know, nothing makes me wish that Watchmen didn't exist more than everything that happened after Alan Moore's comics. Just leave it alone. Please. And it's just...
2: But why? so here's the thing that I keep coming back to. Like... Why does Alan Moore get this protected status more than any other more than any because he's a grumpy old man who doesn't like his work being adapted. But loads of people don't like their work being adapted, but they, but they, think they made the their chief, decisions okay. earlier in their career. If, if anyone the chief did,
0: is that Alan Moore was literally scammed out of Watchmen? So everyone who touches well, Watchmen who isn't Alan Moore or Dave Gibbons is
1: essentially handling stolen goods. Like the v- only thing I'll say in response to that is that we don't make that argument about Superman or or Batman. Um, the it's Siegel and world. Shuster were scammed out of Superman, and Bill Finger was scammed out of Batman. In both cases, Bob Kane had his hand in it. Um, you know, that is an argument, and it's an argument that I agree with. But I don't think it's the be all and end all, um, because I think if you if you really rigidly stick to that argument, you have to kind of not read or watch almost any superhero property I mean, I do, that was created prior to the 1970s. I do think it's, it's more
0: nuanced in the case of what industry practices were in the 1940s. Well, like it's, it's when, true. Yeah, yeah. You know, Alan Moore's case was specifically them saying like, oh, don't worry, it'll go out of print and you can have your shit back. And then going, actually, haha, no.
1: I, I genuinely think as well that it is, there is that and there is there is a kind of, there is a moral argument. I also think there is just a qualitative argument i think we would have less of a problem if any of these versions had had anything interesting to say about watchmen but they don't they don't expand on its themes successfully they don't do anything interesting and they certainly don't do what watchmen did in terms of the, the light that it shone on on the genre and on the form I as mean, well, because yeah. that's that's a key ah, thing. They never the thing, have it? the formalism, the formalist like, approach. The Watchmen the reason isn't Watchmen even is successful, yeah.
0: is because of its formalism, and they never replicate that. Yeah, you it's. Can't the, the, I think that. I'm sure it we've it said this on the podcast
1: before. It's not just the story. The story is not the most interesting thing about Watchmen. The characters are not the most interesting thing about Watchmen. The most interesting thing about Watchmen is how it reads as an experience and as a comic and
0: also like the themes of watchmen like the idea like what would a superhero do in the real world like they were so thoroughly absorbed into comics that the mcu would be completely different had it not already metabolized that stuff so there's nothing you can do with it like those that commentary already has been taken on board by all of pop culture like with the possible exception of all-star superman Basically, every comic that has existed since Watchmen has been directly influenced by Watchmen.
2: Mm. Can I uh, can I turn this discussion over rather than presenting any of my thoughts, but present Damon Lindelof's thoughts on this matter?
1: Who uh, who is well? You can, but but I'm going to tear into them. But I was going to say he
2: wrote
0: what I would describe as an incredibly groveling. You haven't. I have read it while we've been talking. You scanned it. I read it while you were talking about Doom Patrol. It grovelling <laughs> okay. and sniveling and frankly sickening
1: and it's it's disingenuous because they because they all do this they all right, do okay. this J. Mike toczynski did this Stop. and I'm guys. sure Jeff Johns the, has done it when talking guys, about doing the they the all argument, talk guys, about having reverence guys, for guys, it and yeah, having respect guys, for Alan Moore. Guys, and not, <laughs> then,
2: they don't have enough reverence guys, to not do it which guys, is what you need let me let me say what he said. And then just just let me get uh, let me get through this little bit of it at least. Damon Lindelof pe- posted a five page letter on his Instagram, which you can go and read in its entirety if you would like. Um, and this is the section where he refers to his creative intentions for the show. We have no desire to adapt the twelve issues Mr. Moore and Mr. Gibbons created thirty years ago. Those issues are sacred ground, and they will not be retread, nor recreated, nor reproduced, nor rebooted. They will, however, be remixed because the baselines in those familiar tracks are too good, and we'd be fools and be fools not to sample them. Those original twelve issues are our Old Testament. When the when the New Testament came along, it did not erase what came before it. Creation, <laughs> oh. the Garden of Eden, Abraham and Isaac, the flood—it all happened, and so it will be with Watchmen. The comedian died, Dan and Laurie fell in love, Ozzy saved the world, and Doctor Manhattan left, left it just before blowing Shat to pieces. Right, well, he's made of a... Of Antarctica. Uh, Wait, he... let me finish. To be clear, Watchmen is canon. Just the way Mr. Moore wrote it, the way Mr. Gibbons drew it, and the way the brilliant John Higgins coloured it. But we are not making a sequel either. This story will be set in the world with the, cre- with the creators painstakingly built, but in the tradition of the work that inspired uh. it. This new story must be original. It has to vibrate with the seismic unpredictability oh. of its own tectonic plates. It must ask new questions and explore the world through a fresh lens. Most importantly, it must be contemporary. So right. you can read the rest of the you can read the rest of it on Instagram, but that or think, don't. was the, was. In, I think that was most that was the part that best covered his intentions
1: of right. what The show is going to be two things. I have to blurt out here before I explode, and then James can go on a, on a longer rant. Number one, nowhere in any of that, does he say why this has to be Watchmen? If he's doing this, if it's original characters and it's a different story, why is it Watchmen? What is intrinsically interesting about the Watchmen universe that means you have to tell that story? Secondly...
2: Someone has approached him with, do you want to adapt Watchmen? And he has come back to them with this is the so why didn't he come back and go, no,
1: I, I want to do a different show? Like when Alan Moore was going to do a thing about the Charlton characters and then it turned into, I mean, okay, partly that was for rights reasons, but turned into something different. Exactly. Um, secondly, this, ha-
2: this has turned into something different, but just... No, but it hasn't because it's... But why canon? has it
1: got the name on it? Right, secondly, uh, anyone who reckons that they can continue the story of Watchmen after the end of Watchmen has not understood... Watchmen. If you think that you can decide after Watchmen canonically whether or not the world ends, then you you haven't fucking read it because <laughs> you have made a decision to say this is what Doomsday Clock did. Doomsday because this is ironic as well. We're talking about this thing, you know, doing a world after Watchmen and DC are doing it in comics at the moment. Doomsday Clock made the decision that at the, after the end of Watchmen, Ross Shark's journal got published but everyone dismissed it as crank nonsense. And then, a few years later, it was then discovered that Vite was behind the hoax. What the... Why? Why? <laughs> and similarly, here, what he's basically saying is what, what Vite did was not undone after the end of Watchmen so what you're doing is you're taking a book that very deliberately and very conspicuously has two or multiple possible interpretations of what happens immediately after its last panel and and the book categorically does not tell you one way or the other what is the right answer and you're saying well actually I know what the right answer is and I am making this the answer and it's bullshit and it's worse than any change that zack snyder made in the movie and any decision that zack snyder made with the movie
0: i completely agree also i think comparing sorry saying Watchmen is the old testament and your work is the new testament the fucking delusions <laughs> of grandeur much
1: Come it's on. the same thing as J. Michael Strasinski when he did before Watchmen. J. Michael Strasinski has this complex of wanting to be seen to be as good as Alan Moore. And when he was talking around before Watchmen at the time, his attitude was pretty much, well, I can do, I can do this as well as Alan Moore. Um, <laughs> it
0: turned out he couldn't.
1: Because no. virtually I, I, no
0: one I, can.
2: I, I, I don't think you could read what Damon Ludloff has, has written here and accused that man of having delusions of grandeur he's very self-deprecating
0: yeah he can be self-deprecating but he's still doing it like literally anyone who has read watchmen and thinks oh i can do the next step in that like the only honorable treatment (laughs) the only honorable way to treat watchmen and basically any of alan moore's like most popular works is just to go i can't follow that if you think you can follow that you're
2: already wrong I think that would be such a sad state of affairs for creativity.
1: And he makes the argument about, oh, Al- Alan Moore wrote about other people. I, I, I mean, I, I,
2: the thing is, right,
0: Alan Moore's, like, credo became just do something new. It's why he stopped doing work for hire. So if you read Alan Moore's work and think, basically, oh, I know what I should do, do a sequel to one of his original properties, just, like, there's there's no honour and there's no creative, like integrity in doing that. It's just bullshit. You're just riding on his coattails. Like, fuck off and do something else. Go do the leftovers if you... again. If the leftovers was good, do more of that. I really could not give a shit about this.
2: <laughs> I i think it sounds interesting and I will watch it. Uh, I will watch it partly because of his involvement in it. And I, I don't know, like, i I think it is completely possible to... To have no expectations that this will hit the same heights of Watchmen because it's not going to, but can it still be good? Can it still be interesting? Can it still tell? Uh, can it still explore similar themes to Watchmen? Can it still okay? okay. Uh, can it can it still like look look at the themes that Watchmen explored in Thatcher Reagan era it, and project like, them I completely agree. can it can era. do
0: all this stuff. Is that worth? the creative theft of one person i I
2: I just i just i just think it's uh, this isn't i just find it so strange that this is something that we come back to with alan moore and i think it comes back to the like like the like the 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 way that he has spoken about his work being used i well this is my point we don't have the same we don't have the same
0: like as much as i like him as much as i respect him He's passed away. Like, he's not being actively harmed by this, but for, like, 40 years. Alan Moore isn't being for, harmed
2: by this, though, for, is he? For
0: 30, 40 years? Of course he is. In what way is he not?
2: Well, how, how, in what way is he? <laughs> is that not the more. Because, like, what, what, because well, his creation is being like he's being lined.
1: confronted with something that he doesn't want to happen, yeah. and Damon Lindelof is writing him letters about how actually Damon Lindelof thinks it should happen. Because he says in the letter that he wrote a letter to Alan Moore as well, yeah, which and I is, know like Alan Moore is not, has disavowed, wanted to read, like he's disavowed yeah. Watchmen.
0: Like as a result of all the previous like shady practices that have gone on, and
2: still people are like. Probably doesn't want it it to exist, but I don't think it. I don't think it actively harms him at this point. I don't think the. I don't think the Watchmen movie changed anyone's perception or appreciation of the. Uh, No, but it
1: did. It it did change his relationship with Dave Gibbons. Exactly. So you know they are having a negative impact on his life now whether you no, put that, that was, down to that his bloody a, mindedness a, yeah, that which was is dave true gibbons decision
2: yeah.
1: And, and, yeah no but it it, it, no there was they, there was a there was a falling out over their communications yeah, specifically because to...
0: dc kept saying to dave gibbons can you talk to alan moore for us and well all,
1: yeah in a also you know, there was the whole to
0: protect dave gibbons career he kept a them and it became too much and it's like if if warner had not put him in that position they would probably still be talking but also, wasn't, wasn't, wasn't there the,
1: the the, the thanks for the care. money thing, or was that with David Lloyd on V for Vendetta? That was David There's, Lloyd. Okay, yeah. Um, but, I mean, the thing is, right, there is, there exists in recent years an example of somebody, somebody who themselves has a quite antagonistic relationship with Alan, with Alan Moore and enjoys nothing better than trolling Alan Moore, a riff on Watchmen that is very much about what Watchmen is about and about slightly doing a little bit of an expansion of that theme and, and of the and and crucially is very formalist. And what it does is it it does something a bit like Watchmen but in a single issue and with the Charlton characters. And it's we talked about it quite recently. It's Pax Americana, that issue of multiversity by Grant Morrison and Frank Quitely. And that is brilliant. It's a brilliant comic I enjoyed the hell out of it. I enjoyed the fact that it was actually a slightly piss-takey riff on Watchmen because what it wasn't was Watchmen. It wasn't going, I'm going to go and play in the Watchmen universe. It was, I'm going to do a riff on Watchmen with the Charlton Comics characters. It was, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to do something that hasn't been done before, albeit with existing characters, but it was part of a DC series. So, you know, that's understandable. Do something like that. You know, Damon Lindelof, do your series with the Charlton characters? Why not? <laughs> you know.
2: Because no one's coming to him with a big check saying, "Make a series with the Watchmen characters." I think I I think Damon Lindelof is a guy who likes who likes to be in the position of the underdog, and I think that's I think I think
1: he's a guy who partially. likes having people on the internet hate him. <laughs> yeah if the end of lost is anything to go by
2: (laughs) that oh come on um i think it might be true uh but i i I think he's a supremely talented writer and i'm i'm looking forward to what
1: he does i I haven't watched the leftovers but i haven't seen a huge amount of evidence of him being a supremely talented writer
2: i I I mean mean. the the majority of lost (laughs) I think the one the one bits criticism has that has been no not bits <laughs> of ro- lost of lost the the vast majority have lost. Um, I, I, the first three seasons are sublime. The fourth season's hit and miss. The fifth season has really great moments in it. And um, he
1: did he did write the constant, didn't he?
2: Um, I can't remember exactly what episode. No, I'm wrote just looking at
1: list of his there. episodes, and yeah, he did he he did co-write the constant. So we'll give him that. <laughs>
2: Yeah, but oh, and but he tur- he turned lost into what it was you know he worked with he he was brought in by jj abrams and and kind of created that that whole mythology um you know if, if he was a guy that had just who had just his entire career gone through stuff and like adapted other people's work i would say fine yeah he sounds like a hack but He's not, and he's done interesting stuff with original concepts, and he's done interesting stuff with concepts that already exist, and 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 put his spin on them. I like the leftovers. Um, yeah, I I don't know whether it makes me a bad person, but I just don't care about the Alan Moore stuff. Well, I, just re- I just really, I really don't care. It
0: just it seems to me that in a in a business that's already built on some very shady practices, this is like probably the most recent example of someone being directly fucked over. And it's like if we can't. If we can't stop what happened to like Siegel and Shuster happening again and again and again, just the whole industry becomes creatively bankrupt. So,
2: but that's but that is something that's been happening dating back to them. And to be honest, like I don't yeah. Think but this that, is this is I, the difference. I think probably like, the, this has to be the, the volume the of. But the volume of what well, no, but this has to be the line for you. The volume of properties probably that have that you have watched and enjoyed in Hollywood and have no like no clue about a person who has been completely screwed over to get it made. You I know, can, like I can a, honestly a, say a writer that's lost a credit to, or a director yeah, that's been thrown off a project to the best or of or my ability. Right, or someone who's pitched something and it's been respun.
0: If someone comes up with an idea and it is then stolen from them and I know about that, I will do my best to not engage with it. That's why I didn't watch Watchmen until we did it on the podcast.
2: But thats I think that's, I think that's fine to object to it on those moral grounds and say, I don't want to engage with this. I think it's different to say this show cannot be good because I think this show... Yeah, no,
0: be- I, I fully believe that the show could be good on its own terms, but I think if it's going to be good in its own terms, it might as well be good without Alan Moore's concepts. Like, just file the names off and do it that way.
2: But it sounds like they're moving as far in that direction as they can while still remi- retaining the Watchmen yeah, IP. Yeah,
0: so why retain the Watchmen IP at all? Unless you because, just want to continue because this H- noble tradition of screwing have... over people. Like, I just, it's unconscionable.
2: But because HBO have bought that concept... Alan Moore got screwed over a long time ago. People aren't continuing to screw him over. Those rights are just passing around between different hands. Just, One person just screwed fuck Alan Moore R- t- over and got...
0: Uh, seriously I mean, well, the, like uh, for me this is a really serious issue because like you know we have friends who make their own comics right how would you feel if disney said oh actually we figured out we are actually we own that so sorry guys we're just going to do what we want with it we, I mean, we, we would be outraged be. on their behalf
2: yeah probably
0: yeah so just because but we don't alan necessarily
2: moore, but- know alan moore no, and but just I'll, because Alan Moore, Alan Moore is grumpy, also... it
0: doesn't make it okay to be like, "Oh, fuck him then."
2: No, no, but also it's 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 easier to feel, for me, it's easier to feel sorry for someone who has had no other success and and like hasn't hasn't financially be- benefited from all these other things, which Alan Moore has. Than so like it's not like Alan Moore has been left penniless by this. It's just one piece of his work that he hasn't that he hasn't re- retained the rights for and hasn't. Hasn't continued to financially benefit from, or block the the block the making of.
0: And but he did and engage. He did engage for a while.
2: Life. He did engage for a while and with other projects, and then and then chose to withdraw.
1: He chose to withdraw after the kind of getting screwed over <laughs> again. Yeah, because he he yeah. always said that he used to have the attitude of the adaptations don't damage the original. <laughs> the Raymond work. Chandler
0: the uh, attitude.
1: Yeah, but then he got pulled into a, law, a, a frivolous lawsuit over League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, uh, and then he was affronted by uh, the press being told that he'd approved the V for Vendetta adaptation when he'd done nothing of the sort. But James likes yeah. V for Vendetta, so...
2: <laughs> <laughs> I wonder whether we'll ever have to talk about that again.
1: <laughs> I think... I I am not going to say... That you, Joe, should boycott this thing for these reasons, and I think your reasons for being interested are are fine and valid and well founded. And because they're, they're, because, they're because we all Damon have our, we all have our own lines that we draw in things, and there are people who would tell me that I shouldn't go near anything that that Marvel do with a Jack Kirby character or that DC do with Superman for the exact same reasons that me and James are talking about with Alan Moore. So. You know, we we all have our, our our compasses, you know, set in different places, and that's absolutely fine. I, I am not judging anyone who wants to go in and do this. My biggest issue is I don't see somehow someone who can talk as at length about how he feels about Watchmen and how much he knows about Watchmen and how much he purports to know about what Watchmen's impact and importance was can then draw the conclusion that he should go and make a TV series that is set in the same universe that's a sequel. I know that's what he's trying to do with this letter, but I don't see anything in this letter where he actually makes... He just makes a leap. He doesn't fill in that gap and explain why. And that's my issue with it. I don't think he's offered a good enough justification, creatively or morally, for doing it.
0: He is kind of doing the thing of,
1: I'm a fan, so I should do it
0: so someone else doesn't. To which I say, let someone else do it. Like,
1: well, Zach, Zach Snyder
2: said that as well. didn't he? Well, Something quite. Yeah. <laughs> I, do you know what? I, I, I think the thing that would piss Alan Moore off the most is if this show ends up being good and people really like it. Do you know? You know, if it, if it does, I think, I think the, the, the only thing that this, this show can do to cast any kind of shadow in the original Watchmen is to be really good.
0: The, I mean. <sighs> The thing about Watchmen is that it was so big and so transformative. You can't do that on TV. There's nothing that could transcend the you boundaries of what no TV as a medium TV can do. That
2: Watchmen
1: had, yeah, on exactly. Like,
2: no, no, you w- No, you won't. But when when people talk about Watchmen now, they're not talking about the Zack Snyder movie. They're still talking about the graphic novel or the go the, the those twelve original issues. If it got to a stage where people are talking about Watchmen, and 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 I mean in a Game of Thrones sense, where when someone says Game of Thrones now, they don't mean the George R. Martin's novels. I mean, A Song of Ice and Fire. They don't. And and so, what I'm saying is, if it's that kind of hit, then that's the only thing that I could see ever kind of casting a shadow on the. If this turns up, the thing is, if it is is that kind of hit, if it is
0: that kind of hit, it all it does is underscore that it should never have been done in the first place.
2: Well, that's what HBO wanted to be. That, that HBO are not going after an IP as big as Watchmen in the year that Game of Thrones disappears from screens for no reason. They want this to be one of their new Game of Thrones level shows. So expect. I mean, with this, we we've barely talked about the cast. We've just we've just had the argument again. But uh, Don Johnson, Tim Blake Nelson, Regina King, who has come from the left- leftovers, um, Adelaide Clemens, the rising star that you know it's it's not a blockbuster cast but it is a it's a we are we are aiming for ser- a serious hit here um and hey tim blake and Nelson gets another crack at the comic book whip.
0: so <laughs> he can pay, you at least be happy pay for the general
2: <laughs> or a wacky scientist <laughs> um <laughs> uh yeah well i we'll, we'll have to wait hey maybe we'll never see it this is for a pilot we might never see the pilot, um, but I suspect we will. I
0: can promise I su- you I will never see it.
2: But you've watched the Snyder movie.
0: I watched it for free. That's my own, That's <laughs> the only way I could bring myself to morally watch it was to not pay any money.
2: Okay. Uh, okay, well, we'll see what happens with Watchmen. We, we need to end this podcast. But before we do, we need to do our pitch segment. James, have you come up with a pitch yet? Yes Okay, that's good Uh, But Seb, you were adamant that you had to go first on the pitch this week
1: Just because James hadn't prepared beforehand And so if he gets to go first off the cuff and and say the same as me, that's really irritating
2: Okay, so the pitch uh, for this week is, is coming off of our Deadpool episode I wanted uh, a pitch for a spin-off from Deadpool that did not feature Deadpool or oh, from Deadpool 2, sorry. Um, so, yeah, you you can either take one of the characters or the concepts from Deadpool 2, give it its own spin, give it its own movie. Uh, but I don't want to see Ryan Reynolds. Don't I want to see sight and, sa- sight and sound of Ryan Reynolds in this spinoff. Um It would be, you know, you'd expect me to say that we have to go to James first. But, Seb, I think it's only fair. We'll let you you present your pitch before James.
1: It's interesting that you said you don't want to see sight or sound of Ryan Reynolds because you said that it couldn't have Deadpool. And I was contemplating, but I'm not pitching you this because you've said, and also I'd, I'd already come up with something else, but I had contemplated pitching you a movie in which the actor Ryan Reynolds Travels through time, fixing people's bad decisions while making movies, <laughs> uh, and I figured you would go for that because it would be the Ryan Reynolds show. Um, but I, I thought, I thought no, for a it,
2: second, I thought you were going to say like it would be like Hannibal King teaming up with Green Lantern <laughs> and Deadpool. And
0: I mean, the actor, the, the actor Ryan played. Reynolds, is canonically dead, right? Yeah, but it yeah, could be set before
1: that, and he could have gone back in time and reversed it. And anyway, but the point is, I didn't go with that because I thought that would be cheating. So, because just you know, put Ryan Reynolds and everything. Uh, no, so my idea is uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead versus the world, um, and it is uh, a road movie um, in which uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead and Yukio. Um, travel across America because they've been sent out by Professor X to uh, either recruit or or defeat in battle, if they turn out to be evil, uh, a bunch of young mutants. Um, And so they just go across the country um, battling uh, these new mutants in sort of video game-inspired fight sequences with a soundtrack by Metric.
2: (laughs) And you were scared that James was also going to have that concept. (laughs)
1: No, I was just scared that James was also going to say Negasonic Teenage Warhead.
2: Right, fair enough. James, are you going to say Negasonic Teenage Warhead?
0: I don't see how anyone could have expected me to say anything but what I'm about to say. Go cool. on. My pitch is, it's called Nothing Can Stop the Juggernaut. And basically, <laughs> all that happens is, Juggernaut is trying to commit crimes in every episode, and uh, a
2: new... like Epi- Where, episode? We're doing a TV show? Uh, you just said spin-off, you didn't say movie, right? No, no, I didn't know. I'm just clarifying what you yeah. uh what you so, wanted
0: to do. So in every episode a sort of D-list superhero shows up and the Juggernaut eventually Juggernaut ends up them. killing them in some hilarious way. Cause you know, that's that's <laughs> the deadpool way, right? Ultraviolence plus comedy.
2: I do like that. I do like that. Um Seb, I, I your your idea I thought was awfully close. Say say we're say we're twelve months in the future and Disney Fox deal has gone through. Negasonic teenage warhead kills the Fox X-Men universe. There's something in that, right? <laughs> I mean, it would probably be Deadpool if they actually made it, but um, yeah, but yeah. Oh, do you know? Do you know what? I like both of your ideas. Can we? Can we? Can we combine them in some way? Could Could we? What have if Juggernaut
1: the... is the final boss in Negasonic Teenage Warhead versus the world?
2: No, he has to be in every episode. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, what my client is Neg- not signing.
1: <laughs> what
2: if Negasonic Teenage Warhead is doing her road trip throughout the Juggernaut? Series. What and if, the what if episode, in the tr- final episode? They come together.
0: What if they're in a truck and the juggernaut is pulling it?
2: Ah, oh, I
1: like <laughs> it.
0: <laughs> Are we agreed? Can
2: we
1: have? A, so they so befriended juggernaut after the events of Deadpool. No, so no,
0: he. no. They just tied a rope around his waist. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um like i'm i'm gonna award a joint win this week because i like so both of the ideas so much and also i can't spend any more time deciding because this episode has gone on for so long This Uh, minisode yeah so let's bring it to a close that is the end for this week's show uh don't forget that the end of uh, that our next episode is going to be cinematic universe sing-along pod um if you're enjoying the show then please do subscribe on itunes spotify um overcast or your podcast app of choice and you can support us on patreon.com forward slash cinematic universe you can find more episodes of the show at cinematic multiverse uh, cinematic universe.com and you can get in touch via facebook on twitter at cine underscore verse or send us an email to editorial at cinematic universe.com thanks for listening and we'll see you next week
1: goodbye a man's gotta do what a man's gotta do so i'm just warming up for next week